What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And we are continuing our 2022 season previews where we talk about every single 11-man football team here in the state of Colorado. We talk about their season last year, the players they're losing, whether it's graduation or transfer, key players to look out for for this upcoming season. And then ultimately, we predict their 2022 season go game by game and then give them a window of wins for this season that's basically just a range of wins that we expect them to be in by the end of this season and so we've covered a bunch of teams so far here i believe this last week uh will be our last week of season previews right before the season starts uh here in a couple weeks here so go ahead and make sure you check those out but on this episode we are going to talk about the last couple 1a teams here in colorado that we haven't talked about yet and so let's go ahead and jump into this one starting with meeker high school last year went seven and two in the regular season one and one in the playoffs here's how their season went they lost the lineman to start 43 to 6 but bounced back with dubs over roaring fork 40-0 cedar ridge 40 to 6 then they lost a close one here to buena vista 17 to 14 here in the regular season but after that they went on a pretty good winning streak right before playoffs beating grand valley 33-7 north fork 30-13 gunnison 28-12 olaf 46 zero and then center 47 zero then here in the playoffs they went ahead and beat holyoke in a very close game here where kelton turner just absolutely went off in this game but they beat holyoke 42 to 35 in a close one and then in the next round they lost a close one to buena vista 22 to 15 here in overtime so there you go altogether a pretty successful season here you know they had some close games that they won and some close games that they couldn't quite pull out here but let's talk about some of the graduating seniors they have because this is a very important group that they really built around uh this last season and not just last season but in the last couple years starting with kelton turner for us he was an mvp candidate and for good reason as he did run for 1,768 rushing yards, 23 rushing touchdowns, and on defense also had 105 tackles, four picks on the season. He was the interception leader for this team. Had a ton of speed, was an absolute stud over there. Uh, Mika really built their team around him, so it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward as he was very key in a lot of games especially that Holyoke game where he had a pick six a couple rushing touchdowns you know and then you look at some of these other games um specifically against Buena Vista you know he had some solid games against them and really kept them in those games against that contenders so that's a really big loss for Meeker in addition to Kelton Turner they're also losing Zachary Eskelson he was a starting uh offensive lineman and linebacker for this squad uh, was also the tackle leader for this team with 108 tackles uh, and was a three-year varsity starter that is a big 
leadership loss to have here. Plus, you know, production-wise, he was very important to this defense that was tough against the run and, you know, did a relatively good job uh, playing the run when they played other 1A teams. And then, obviously, he was a starting lineman for this squad, blocking for Counts and Turner. So that's a pretty big loss there. Then, last but not least, they're also losing Liam Deming. Uh, he was their lead receiver with 13 receptions for 246 yards, two touchdowns. And then as the backup running back, also had 243 yards and two touchdowns. And then on defense, he played cornerback. He was a starter there. He had 32 tackles and two picks there. Altogether, the damage for Meeker, they're losing five of their top 11 tacklers. Not the most, but... You know, not the best here, considering who you're losing and how impactful they were to your defense. Uh, on top of that, I mean, they're losing the majority of their secondary. Obviously, you have Kelton Turner and Liam Deming there, but they're losing another starting corner in Trinden Powell. And so, you know, this team, they're going to be stronger up front with a good front seven. But the secondary is definitely lacking here. Uh, not just, I mean, you know, athleticism, if you want to argue that, because those guys were exceptional athletes, but also inexperience, as those guys were multi-year varsity starters uh, at their position. So there you go. And then last but not least, this Meeker team is also losing about three or so, uh, potentially three or so, starting offensive linemen. That is obviously going to be a pretty big hit here, but, you know, they are returning a lot of bigger players. This is a pretty big uh, team as far as 1-8 teams go, and so let's go ahead and talk about that. Uh, let's talk about some key players to look out for here in 2022, starting with their lead tackler, or one of their lead tacklers, Elijah LeBlanc. Last year as a junior, had 93 tackles and was a top three tackler there. This 6'1", 185 middle linebacker should be a leader of an extremely strong defense, at least a good run defense, so there you go. They're also returning Connor Blunt. Um, he was the starting quarterback for this team last year. He passed for 457 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, while rushing for 126 yards and six touchdowns as a junior. Look, for Meeker to be competitive, he absolutely needs to step up on offense and be one of the focal points of the team. Maybe not the focal point, but at least be a solid contributor. Uh, I mean, this team, they're going to have a pretty solid defense. And so really, they just need to score uh, without having too many mistakes. So there you go. And then on defense, he also played linebacker at 57 tackles, two picks. And so he should be a good returning linebacker there for this Meeker squad. So there you go. Next to those guys, you also have Buzz Clatterbaugh. Uh, as a sophomore, you know, I actually ID'd him as somebody to look out for. But at defensive end, he racked up 60 tackles and three sacks. He was uh, the sack leader for his, this team. And so he lived up to the expectations last year. Going into his junior year, this 6-2 defensive end should take a step forward. Should be a part of that very strong front seven. And then speaking of a strong front seven, you got Tanner Muser as a junior. He racked up 17 tackles, and but he was still a force up the middle, though. You know, you got to look at this kid. I mean, he was 6'2", 285, or he will be 6'2", 285 at defensive tackle. And so he could definitely control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Just be a big body out there that could really help them out. So be on the lookout for him. He's a big dude. He's going to be a force of nature. Now... 
some other guys to look out for for this physical front seven who are just bigger dudes physical players who got playing experience last year who should be stepping up into a bigger role are da uh dagan dade joe mckay tegan sheridan chase callahan Cade blunt uh Hayden Schultz and Jacob Simonson those are all guys that will make up this front seven and this offensive line for this meeker team yes they are losing some experience on the offensive line but they're returning size and athleticism and most importantly physicality there so I'm not really worried about that offensive line this defensive line on the other hand should be pretty nasty they should give a lot of teams some trouble here whether it's running the ball or whether it's them as pass rushers so just keep that in mind that'll definitely be one of the strengths of this meeker team like it was last year so there you go there let's go ahead and talk about the record their season for this upcoming 2022 football season here but against north fork uh i think they should get the dub north fork they're losing key players on both sides of the ball especially defense though and so i could potentially see meeker just gaining control of the line of scrimmage and in my opinion that should be enough to win this game against a younger greener north fork squad especially this early on in the season where they haven't had as much time to gel i think this is just really good timing and they should be able to beat them after that though they do play Lyman uh, I think this is going to be a loss uh, look both teams are losing players but I think this is going to be an absolute slugfest but honestly, you know, Lyman, they do have a stud running back, a power back in Gabe Schubarth here, and a line to match the physicality of this Meeker line. They are Lyman, so there you go. Um, I'm going to give it to Lyman as well, uh, just because I think Meeker's offense, they need to find a consistent, solid identity to beat this Lyman team. And right now, I'm not quite sure what that is. I mean, obviously, you're returning your quarterback, but you are losing you know your star running back and so that's really tough here and so for now i'm gonna go ahead and pick lyman to beat meeker here after that they play aspen i think this will be a dub for meeker aspen they were a solid enough 2a team uh they had an extremely difficult schedule last year as far as 2a teams go uh they did beat colorado springs christian 42 21 uh which is one of the few notable 1a teams they played look meeker can definitely lose this game but they're bigger up front in my opinion and they should be able to win the line of scrimmage could be a toss-up game if this offense is stalling though so we'll see but i think this defense will do just enough after that, they play Roaring Fork. I think this is a dub. Last year, the team limited the rushing attack to 28 total carries and 87 total yards. Despite losing some guys on their defense, Meeker that is, and losing a guy like Kelton Turner who could control the pace of the game, this front seven should still be able to handle Roaring Fork and win them this game. After that, you got Cedar Ridge. Uh, I think this should be a dub. Definitely can potentially be a loss considering they do have, you know, a pretty solid starting core over there. But if they attack this inexperienced secondary and make it a shootout, then Cedar Ridge could definitely win this game. That's probably one of my only worries here when it comes to Meeker in this game. But I trust the Meeker defense, especially that uh, front seven, to limit the passing game by pass rushing them and not give them a run game at all. And so if they could do those things, you know, really get after the quarterback and stop the run, not allow any big runs, then they could definitely beat C or they could definitely beat Cedar Ridge here. But like I said, if it turns into a shootout, I don't know. 
After that, they get Buena Vista. I think this is going to be a loss. Look, this Buena Vista team, they're going to be a contender again this year, just like they were last year. Uh, Meeker, they're going to have a depleted secondary this year. Plus, they're losing basically the engine of their offense from last year. That'll be an even steeper uphill battle for Meeker to win here. I mean, last year's game were close enough, but I think there's a big enough gap here where it's like, uh, I think Buena Vista probably wins this one. After that, though, they play Gunnison. I think this is a dub for Meeker. Should be able to handle this team that is a very run-heavy op. Uh, offense and plus by this point I think the secondary should be able to handle whatever this Gunnison passing offense looks like and so after facing a tough one of Vista the previous week this should be a much easier matchup here and so Meeker should go ahead and grab this dub here after that, to end the season, they play Olaf. I think this is a dub. Last year, they played uh, a lot of their younger players against this team and still blew them out. And so this defense, in my opinion, should be able to turn up against them and win. Even if the offense makes some mistakes, I think they're just a better team. Finally, my predicted record for Meeker is 6-2 with a window of wins anywhere between 4 and 6. Look, the strength of this Meeker team will be found in their offensive line and the front 7 of this defense that will be bringing in a lot of physicality and size. Just like last year, they will not give up a lot on the ground. Um, you could always expect that as long as they have those players over there. And now the offense will need to develop and somebody other then Connor Blunt has to help out this team if they want to win games. So just keep that in mind. Games against Cedar Ridge, Aspen, Lyman, Buena Vista are all games they could potentially lose just because of the lack of firepower on this offense. Um, with, you know, Aspen and Cedar Ridge being potential trap games. But altogether, I still think Meeker will do a pretty good job here and make the playoffs. Let's go ahead and move on, though, and let's talk about Roaring Fork here. Last year, had a tough season, 1-8, lost to Ignacio 50-20, Payton 32-0, Meeker 40-0, Grand Valley 35-14. Did get a dub against Olaf, 30-20, kind of a close one, but still a dub's a dub. After that, they lost Estes Park 46-22, North Fork 54-6, Gunnison 34-0, and Cedar Ridge 34-0. Now, some graduating seniors they have is... Blake Thomas, um, I think he's one of their more important graduating seniors here. He was a big-time contributor. He was the lead rusher and receiver for the squad. He ran for 426 yards, four touchdowns, while catching 17 balls for 280 yards and three touchdowns. Also had 53 tackles on defense. Uh, along with them, they're losing another player in Zay Pina. He had 60 tackles from his linebacker spot. Also played on the offensive line, so that's a lineman you are losing there. Then last but not least, they are losing another lineman in TJ Matheny. He played center and defensive tackle for this team. Had 57 tackles and one and a half sacks, so there you go. Altogether, Roaring Fork, they're losing five of their top 11 tacklers. Not the worst, but they're definitely losing some linemen here. Uh, linemen, linebackers, which, you know, will definitely be important for this team. Now, key players to look out for, starting with their quarterback, Max Bullock, uh, in his first year as the full-time starter uh, as a sophomore. Passed for 1,035 yards, 7 touchdowns, 14 picks. Also rushed for 229 yards and a touchdown. Look for him to take another step forward as Warren Fork will probably continue to rely on the passing game. He got plenty of pass attempts, uh, but, you know, definitely a lot of turnovers here as well. And so moving forward, should be looking to kind of clean up that ratio there. 
And then alongside him, you have Brady Samuelson, the 6'3 linebacker receiver. Should see plenty of play time. Uh, he was the second leading receiver on this team with 255 yards and a touchdown on 17 receptions. Then on defense, he made an impact, snagging 31 tackles and a team high four sacks. Look for him to continue to make an impact as a senior. And then, last but not least, you have Zane Garcia. Led the team in receptions with 26. Went for 185 yards and touchdown listed as a running back. But could potentially be another receiving option here for Bullock. Uh, and then on defense, he also was a tackle leader. Was one of the tackle leaders with 52. So there you go. Now let's go ahead and talk about this upcoming season here. I think it will be real interesting. Uh, they play Coleridge. I think this will be a dub. I'm going to acknowledge this. This is definitely a game they can lose. But if the offense is clicking, then they could beat them. This is a team that lost to Cedar Ridge last year thanks to Cedar Ridge's passing attack. And so I'm thinking if Max Bullock takes a step forward, he has a good game. I think this could be a dub for Roaring Fork here. Uh, after that, they played Basalt. And this is a very, very good to a team led by Cade Schneider and his passing attack. And unfortunately, you know, I do want to think that this Roaring Fork team will take a step forward as far as passing goes. But this Basalt team, they're a couple steps ahead and they're very good, you know. And so I think Basalt's going to get this one. Then they play Clear Creek. I think this should be a dub. They should be able to handle business against them. After that, they play Meeker. And look, I think there's going to be a loss just because this front seven, they're just going to give this Roaring Fork line a lot of trouble here. This line struggled a lot last year. And so I think Meeker, they'll be able to handle them. And then you got Gunnison here. I think this is going to be another loss. This Gunnison team, uh, I think they're just going to be stronger up front. And they'll be able to control the pace of this game with their style of play here. They do run the ball a lot, so there you go. Plus, this Roaring Fork offense, in my opinion, they will need to come out ready to play and not fall behind in order to beat Gunnison. I'm not saying they have to play a perfect game, but they have to play a good game here. Throw more touchdowns and picks at the very least. Take advantage of those opportunities that you are given as well. So, I don't know. I just need to see this quarterback develop a little bit more for them to beat Gunnison. But for now, I think this will be a loss. Then they get Olaf. I think this is a dub. Max Bullock last year had a great game against this team, going 11 for 18 for 191 yards. And I believe it was two touchdowns. No turnovers, which was his well, one of his cleanest game of the season. So if he gets another clean game against this team, that will be graduating quite a bit, I think. I think this is a pretty winnable game here. They should be able to take care of business here. Then they play Buena Vista. I look, they're a contender. I don't think a Roaring Fork is quite there yet, so that's a loss. Then after that, they pull Cedar Ridge. I think that's another loss. The Cedar Ridge team will potentially be stronger than last year with a stronger passing attack, just because they have uh, you know a year of experience under their belt now. So there you go. If the offense is on point, then the best case scenario uh, they get into is a shootout, and that's probably the only way Warring Fork wins. But they're gonna have to play pretty dang good there to do that, which is, I mean, that's almost asking perfection. Then last. But not least, they play North Fork to end the season. I think this is going to be a loss. Uh, they have an experienced quarterback of their own over there, despite losing some guys. 
plus the talent pool they'll uh, have over at North Fork will be able to fill out some of the spots that they are losing. Uh, and even then, I mean, North Fork has a pretty good core over there to work with. And so I think this is going to be a loss. So there you go. My predicted record for Roaring Fork here is 3-6 and six with a window of wins anywhere between 3 and 5. Look, this team has a quarterback and some receiving options to work with. For a team that may not have a ton of size or at least good size up front, moving towards a system where they could get the ball out quick and pass more might be key here. Bullock's pass attempts were pretty solid last year. I mean, they weren't afraid to pass the ball, so that's a good sign. And so if he improves this year and he could find some success and take care of the ball and all that, I think this team could go 500, which I think would be a huge accomplishment for them and a good stepping stone moving forward. All right, now moving on, let's talk about Olaf, like, just real briefly here. I mean, last year when 0-9 did win a game, lost to Grand Valley, 42-8, center, 28-22. That was a close one. Wiggins, 53-6, North Fork, 55-0, Gunnison, 51-8, uh, Roaring Fork, 30-20, uh, Cedar Ridge, 39-8, Meeker, 46-0, then Grand Valley, 42 to six now Olaf they don't keep any stats so I really don't have anything on them in fact it looked like they only kept stats for one player and that happened to be Xavier Waterman he was a senior last year one of the lone bright spots for this team he's the lead rusher going for 829 yards on offense no touchdowns though but he did rack up 62 tackles on defense so that's gonna be a huge loss uh, other than that, I don't know who else they're graduating or key players, to be fairly honest with you. This is a team that only scored more than a touchdown twice last season, so that's tough. Plus, on top of that, I mean, they, oh my gosh, they, they did not uh, hold a team under 28 points at all, so there you go. Uh, look, my predicted record for them is 0-8. Look, how are they going to win a game if they can't put in stats? And that's not the only thing, but also, I mean, I just have nothing to go off of. Couldn't find film, couldn't find even some news articles uh, or reliable ones. So, there you go. That is my predicted record uh, for Olaf. We'll see what happens. Maybe they win a game or two, but for now, I we're just in the dark. So, there you go. Alright, let's move on to North Fork. This team had a very successful season last year. Went 7-2 in the regular season, 1-1 one one in the playoffs. Uh, started the season with dubs over center, 42-8. Monta Vista, 21-0. Olaf, 55-0. Grand Valley, 49-7. Then they lost to Buena Vista in a close one, 28-21. Uh, and then right after that, lost to Meeker, 30-13. Then they bounced back here, went on a little win streak, beating Roaring Fork 54-6, Cedar Ridge 50-12, Gunnison 42-6. Then here in the playoffs, went ahead, played Wiggins, beat them 38-25. That was a big dub for North Fork there. But then unfortunately, they pulled Lyman here, who they lost to 46-19. Now let's talk about some of the graduating seniors as they are graduating a very talented core uh, from last year, 
all around, really. I mean, they're losing a lot of players from all over. Starting with Colson Holenbeek for us. He was a 1A Defensive Playmaker of the Year candidate uh, for good reason. He had 96 tackles and 26 tackles for losses on the season, along with a team-high 14 sacks. I believe that actually was the sack leader for 1A, so there you go. So they're losing a big-time playmaker off the edge here. You don't just replace that easily, so, so there you go. Uh, in addition, they're losing Carter Neff. He was the lead tackler for this team and one of the leaders with 139 tackles, two and a half sacks, two picks, and 23 tackles for losses from his uh, linebacker spot. That's a really tough loss along with Holenbeek there. Then on offense, you're losing Blaine Peebles. He was an offensive playmaker of the year candidate for us uh, at receiver he was the lead guy caught 30 receptions for 744 yards and seven touchdowns also had some rushing yards here rushed for 452 yards and five touchdowns while having 54 tackles and three picks on defense this is another very talented two-way player that they will be losing especially on the offensive side of the ball then last but not least, you got Drayden Taylor as a starting running back, rushed for 1,037 yards and 14 touchdowns. Also had 89 tackles, 3 sacks, and 3 picks as the starting safety. He has played safety for this team uh, as a starter for at least 3 seasons, so that will be a huge loss. On top of that, you're also losing the production he gave you at running back. Altogether... Here's what the damage looks like for uh, North Fork here. They're losing 8 of their top 11 tacklers. On top of that, they are also losing 4 starting, potentially 4 starting offensive linemen. So they're losing a lot of guys here, along with their lead rusher and lead receiver. Here's the thing, moving forward, this North Fork team will be very very young maybe not quite as green but they're gonna be young and so that starts with the quarterback hunter marino he will be returning and will most likely be the starting quarterback for this team after starting for them the last couple games of the season last year last year he had 620 passing yards four touchdowns no picks while rushing for 240 yards and six touchdowns he had a notable game against wiggins in the playoffs where he threw for 261 yards and two touchdowns and rushed for a touchdown in his playoff debut at least at quarterback and so he should be a big part of this offense uh returning as just a junior so he has plenty of time here he'll probably take a step forward and build on the success he found last year uh speaking of sophomore contributors here we have lane allen at linebacker uh as a sophomore he was a key part of this defense uh racking up 92 tackles 13 tackles for losses and a pick going to next year he will be one of the returners for this defense and a very quality one at that so you can definitely build your defense around this linebacker then last but not least you got malachi deck he will be one of the few returning linemen for the squad and so that'll be big time for a team that's just losing so much experience both on their defense and offensive line on defense one for 49 tackles and four tackles for losses expect him to take a step forward and really anchor down this line so there you go those are the younger playmakers to look out for here for north fork let's go ahead and predict the record here starting with meeker that's the first team they play this season i think that's going to be a loss could be a winnable game but this Meeker defense is going to be nasty up front and will be unrelenting to an extremely young offensive line and offense altogether. So for now, I'm picking Meeker just because uh, of that advantage. 
Then they play Grand Valley. I think that's a dub. Maybe a slightly closer game than last year, but this uh, this North Fork team should have enough stars to go ahead and take care of business again. Then you pull Montezuma Cortez. I think this is another dub for North Fork. This is the same team that lost to a Mancos eight-man team by 40. I mean, I am going to give them credit, though. That was a very good Mancos team um, that basically went to state i believe and only lost one game there so there you go but still i think this north fork team could beat montezuma cortez so there you go then they pull cedar ridge i'm actually going to predict this one as a loss they can win this game if the pieces around this core have jowed a little bit better i just have no idea where they're gonna be at plus they are gonna have a very cedar ridge that is they're gonna have a pretty dangerous passing attack at least on paper it looks pretty dangerous and so that'll challenge this young offense to keep up and also challenge this defense to stop them all that stuff i mean i think cedar ridge is gonna win this one could be a toss-up game but like i said for those reasons i'm favoring cedar ridge slightly here then they play buena vista this is gonna be a tough game to win against a much more experienced contender so that's a loss. Then they play Olaf. That should be a dub. Take care of business. Gunnison after that. I think that's a dub. They're losing their share of playmakers over there. Plus, by now, I should... I mean, I expect this young North Fork team to really be hitting their stride. So they should take care of them. Then they play Roaring Fork. They do have a young quarterback and some receivers that can make some noise over there. But this North Fork team should be as good as it can be at this point in the season. My predicted record for North Fork is 5-3, and three, with a window of wins anywhere between 5 and 7. Look, this North Fork team is a solid program. They will find ways to replace the playmakers around this team. Luckily for them, they will be returning a pretty good core who they can lean on until those players have gelled with the core. And so this is a team, in my eyes, that will only get stronger as the year goes on. They won't be the same team Uh playing Meeker at the start of the season compared to the team they will be playing Roaring Fork at the end. So just keep that in mind. All right, moving on, though, we have Ignacio. Last year went 5-3, and three. started with dubs uh, last season against Roaring Fork, 50-20, to 20. Newcomb, 52-0, to zero. Trinidad, 46, Navajo Prep in New Mexico, 53-52 to 52 in a shootout, and then Whitehorse in Utah, 54 to 0. Then they came back to Colorado and lost to center 32 13. Monta Vista 40 to 6. And then against Centauria, looks like they forfeited. So there you go. Uh, this is a team that doesn't keep stats, so I can't talk about graduating seniors or key players. Couldn't find any news clippings or much film to go off of, so we're just going to skip that part and predict this record, which will be really tough. I'm going to go off of teams they beat last year, and then just, I mean, it's going to be, just think of the transitive property here. You know, if they beat a team last year, or if one team beat another team that, you know, they beat last year, then I'm going to assume they beat them. It sounds complicated. Don't overthink it. Let's go ahead and talk about their 2022 season here against Grand Valley. I think that's going to be a loss. Uh, Grand Valley, they have a dual threat in Stephen Hicks, who I think they may struggle to beat. So there you go. Then they play Whitehorse from Utah uh, again this year. I think that should be a dub. This was a team they blew out last year. So unless drastic changes happen to this Ignacio team, I still think they should at least beat them. 
Then they play Navajo Prep from New Mexico. I think this is going to be a loss. This was a close game last year where they won 53-52, to but it was 53-52. to I think this year, Navajo Prep, they find a way to go ahead and win this one without making it another shootout. So there you go. Then you got Trinidad. I think this is a dub. There's really no reason they should lose to them. So there you go. After that, they pull center. I think that's a loss. Uh, the center team, they started a young core against them that absolutely obliterated them uh, last year. So there you go. I think that's a loss. Then they play Monta Vista. <laughs> they're a playoff team, and I just don't think Ignacio is that, so I don't think they're going to win here. Same with uh, that Centauri game, I mean, uh, which who they play right after Monta Vista. That's a tough pull here, but uh, despite losing some key players, Centauri should still be able to beat them. Tune in uh, here later in the episode to hear why I'll be talking about Centauri here at the end, uh, at the very end, actually. Then last but not least, they played Del Norte. I think this is going to be a loss. This team, uh, Del Norte, they have a young offensive core that they're going to be working around here, and I really like them, and so I'm going to go ahead and predict that one a loss for Ignacio. Altogether, my predicted record is 2-7 and seven with the window of wins anywhere between 1 and 3. Look, this team is killing me not posting stats. So, honestly, I don't really know what to expect. But I know they struggled against Colorado teams last year, even though they beat a lot of out-of-state teams um, last year as well. And so I can honestly see it happening again, but they're playing a little bit of a tougher schedule. So there you go. That's, uh, that's my prediction for their 2022 season. All right, moving on to our next program here. Let's talk about center high school here. Last year, won three and six. Lost to North Fork 42-8, then bounced back, beat Olaf 28-22. After that, lost to Payton in a close one, 14-8. Lost to Rye 30-8. Lost to Centauri 60-6. Then got some dubs here against Ignacio 32-13. Del Norte in a close one, 13-6. Then lost to Monta Vista 54-0. Meeker 47-0 to end the season now let's talk about some graduating seniors here starting with uh, probably their biggest stud that they're losing abraham ichuari i want to say excuse me if i'm saying that wrong but he was the best athlete for this team last year at running back in safety rushed for 381 yards and four touchdowns also had 64 tackles four sacks was a sack leader by the way and two interceptions um he was the lead tackler and the interception leader as well so he's one of their most productive defensive players period on top of that they're also losing omar hernandez he played linebacker and tackle for them racked up 58 tackles for this team Altogether, center, they're losing four of their top 11 tacklers, but they are returning some very good players here, including Jesus Valdez as the starting quarterback. Um, as a sophomore, threw for 611 yards, three touchdowns, 10 picks, also had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, he had flashes last year, you know, and so if he could be more consistent, then that could go a long way for the squad. We'll see. You also have Ricardo Maldonado at safety. He had 33 tackles where he should be contributing on defense again. Then at running back had 149 yards and two touchdowns you may see more snaps and possibly the lead back role for this year so just keep an eye out there then you have martin palma the lead receiver had 151 yards and one touchdown had flashes last year as well uh, but hopefully they throw it his way more and they could find more success so we will see there let's go ahead and predict the record here they have a pretty tough schedule 
for this 22 season. Uh, starting with Platte Canyon, I think that's going to be a loss. This Platte Canyon team will be improved with a much better defense. That could definitely give this team some trouble. So there you go. Then they play Payton. I think this is a winnable game, so I'm going to go ahead and give them the dub here. This Payton team is not the same squad they were last year. Uh, last year's game was close, but center should win here going forward. So there you go. Then you got Rye. I think this is going to be a loss. Uh, this Rye team is returning a very dangerous backfield and a defense that could definitely give this team some issues. Speaking of issues, you got Centauri. I think that's going to be a loss. The Centauri team may not be returning everyone, but they'll be returning a stud back and a good enough squad that could definitely give this squad some issues. Um, you know, they are the defending state champs, so there you go. Then you got Monta Vista. That's a loss. This Monta Vista team will have a star-studded defense that could definitely, uh, you know, give this offense some problems there. So there you go. Then last, uh, well, not last but not least, but these last couple games here, they got Ignacio. Uh, they should be able to take care of business here. After that, they pulled down Norte. I think this will be a loss. Del Norte should be able to pull this one out last year. Uh, you know, had a close game. Think of this year, they go ahead and get over that hump and beat the center team. They are returning more of their offensive core than center is, so there you go. Then last but not least, you got Trinidad. Should be a dub, should take care of business here. And so my predicted record for center is 3-5 and five with a window of wins anywhere between 2-4. and four. Look, this team will have to go through some potential growing pains on offense as they are a very young team and they still need to gel. The teams they're playing this year will be tough as they either have very good defenses or dangerous offenses. And that's just a tough pull, honestly. And so that's why that's my predictive record for center. Let's move on though and let's talk about Monta Vista here. Last year went 6-3, own one in playoffs, lost in the first round. Here's how their season went. Uh, beat Rocky Ford 30-0 to start the season, then lost Alamosa 32-14, North Fork 21-0. That's a relatively close one. Then beat Platte Canyon 28-6, Cedar Ridge 32-6, down Norte 48-12, Ignacio 42-6, and then center 54-0. Then, they lost to Centauri 55-8 uh, to end the regular season, but went on and only lost to Florence in the playoffs 23-0. That was a pretty close one. Uh, definitely a game that, you know, if some things went differently, they could have won there. Uh, and it wasn't that many things that would have had to win differently for them to win. So, there you go. Not too bad of a season. They really picked it up near the end there. Now, they are losing some key seniors here, including Colton Mello or Colton Mellet. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Um, but he was a two-year starter at quarterback for this team. So, last year as a senior, passed for 581 yards, nine touchdowns to seven picks while racking up 25 tackles at linebacker. The experience here will definitely be missed, so that's going to be a tough loss. They're also losing Keyshawn Martinez. As the back of back rushed for 185 yards, three touchdowns, but at middle linebacker was a huge contributor, uh, going for 70, 76 tackles from his spot there. The last but not least here, they're also graduating Dusty Duran. At tight end, he caught 10 balls for 164 yards and a touchdown. Also had 64 tackles. Three sacks from his defensive end spot. Altogether, Monte Vista losing five of their top 11 tacklers. Not too bad here, considering all the tacklers they are returning. Uh, including, let's go ahead and talk about key players here. But including D'Angelo Archuleta. Um, not only did he play linebacker, but he played running back. And so he will be a senior this year. But last year as a junior, 
Went for 743 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns as the lead back there. Then on defense, uh, he was one of the lead tacklers for this team with 115 tackles, six tackles for losses, and two sacks. Going into this year, he will be one of the best two-way athletes in the entire state in 1A and a potential MVP candidate. Just going to throw that out there. And so look out for him. Alongside him, you have Keegan Gunter. Uh, he will be a senior this year, but as the backup last year, uh, running back that was, he was pretty productive with 602 uh, rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. Also caught 17 receptions for 204 yards and 3 touchdowns as the lead receiver statistically. Then at linebacker, he had 46 tackles and 6 interceptions. Uh, he was the interception leader. And so he'll be a huge part of this defense that is returning and a huge part of this backfield as well. Then you get Jack Noonan as a sophomore. He had 90 tackles and 9 tackles for uh, loss from his linebacker spot will be another one of the top returning tacklers in the state on 1A and will only be a junior uh, going into this season. So that's absolutely insane. Then you have Alejandro Felix. Uh, the returning senior lineman had 67 tackles and five sacks. That was enough for him to be the sack leader. He should be another key contributor to this team. And then last but not least, I do want to shout this quarterback out. Andrew Chavez will be the starter. We'll see if he could get it done and contribute to a potentially already very very good squad also i believe this is a team that will be returning uh, a good amount of linemen as well so they'll be experienced here so with all that being said let's predict their 2022 season uh to start the season to play rocky ford should take care of business here that's a dub uh in my honest opinion then they play Colorado Springs Christian. I think that's another dub. Uh, they will have a good defense, a solid defense at least, but they're going to have their hands full with this Monta Vista rushing attack at the very least. On top of that, I also have questions about this Colorado Springs Christian offense. I don't know if they could really keep pace with Monta Vista, and so we'll see. Regardless, I think Monta Vista is favored to win this game, or at least I have them favored. Then they play Gunnison. I think that's another dub. Gunnison, they're losing some of their top rushers from last year's playoff team. Monta Vista, they should go ahead and take care of business here as uh, Gunnison is a very run-heavy team. This linebacking core, this defense is built to stop them. So there you go. Then they pull Payton. I think this should be a dub here. Payton, they're losing that offensive core that really carried this team to the playoffs. Plus a couple of very quality defensive playmakers. And so they're really not the same team they were last year that made the playoffs. And so in my opinion, they should be able to beat Payton here. After that, they played Del Norte. I think that's a dub. This Del Norte team will be improved. But this Monta Vista team really shouldn't lose to this team. And then these next three games here against Trinidad, Center, Ignacio, all dubs, all take care of business teams. I really don't see them losing any of those teams. Then at the end of the season, they pull Centauri. This should be a very good game. But I think this is going to be a loss. I think Monta Vista could definitely win this game. But they're going to have to battle a tough offensive line. And Devin Brady, who, um, by the way, helped Centauri win state last year. And we'll talk more about Devin Brady later here. Uh, and so we'll see how it goes. But I think, honestly, even though I did predict Centauri to win this one, I think it could be a toss-up game if Monta Vista is really feeling themselves going to this game. I think this is definitely a game they could win. 
but their offense, they're going to have to step up here. They're going to have to have good games, not just the running backs, but potentially their quarterback as well, which they're going to have a full season to gain confidence with their young quarterback and this offense. So we will see there, but I think Centauri, or I think Centauri you know, they're going to win this one, but it's just going to be slightly. Altogether, though, my predicted record for Monte Vista is 8-1 with a window of wins anywhere between 7-9. and nine. Look, this team will be dangerous this year. They're returning a top linebacker core, not just linebackers, but uh, linebackers, plural, which will lead a top defense in Colorado. They're going to be extremely tough against the run. They're also returning a backfield that put in work last year and will do the same this year, if not take another step forward. Then they have uh, Chavez here, who if he just does a decent job and game manages, they could probably make a deep playoff run with him. If he does better than that, then even better, potentially. And so the only potential losses I really see here are... Well, actually, the only potential loss I see for Monta Vista is Centauri and maybe Colorado Springs Christian. But their schedule isn't overall super difficult altogether, and they should be able to dominate in the regular season. Like I said, those are the only potential losses, Centauri and Colorado Springs Christian. But those are both definitely winnable games. Moving on here, though, let's talk about Del Norte. Last year, went 1-7, tough season. Started the season with losses to Platte Canyon, 18-0, Gunnison, 18-12, both of those games, kind of closer games. Then they lost to Banning Lewis Academy, 41-6. They did grab a dub against Trinidad, 58-8. But then lost to Monte Vista, 48-12. Center, 30-6 in a close one. Flatirons Academy, 43-16. And then Payton, 49-0. Kind of a tough season. You definitely had some games they could have won here, though. But let's talk about some of these graduating seniors, starting with... Brennan Velasquez. Uh, he was a lead receiver with 18 receptions for 317 yards and two touchdowns. Also racked up 72 tackles and two interceptions. You also have Malachi Gallegos. Uh, he had 56 tackles and three picks on defense. Was the interception leader for this team. Then last but not least, they're also losing Carter Simon. He was the lead tackler for this team, for this team with 72 tackles. And uh, I'm Actually, that's pretty much it. 72 tackles. But he was the lead tackler for this team. Altogether, Del Norte, they're losing five of their top 11 tacklers. Not too bad, though. This was a pretty young squad last year. This will be a younger squad going into this year. So key players to look out for, starting at quarterback. Got Jace Pacheco. He was the starter last year as a sophomore. Passed for 1,069 yards. Five touchdowns to 12 picks. Honestly, he was given plenty of chances to pass the ball, a lot of attempts there, but was pretty inefficient going into this year, and so he needs to clean up uh, his game for his team to get better, which I think he can. You know, he was obviously an underclassman last year, so there you go. They're also returning Cody Worse as the starting running back. Uh, well, he was a sophomore, and so he ran for 386 yards and four touchdowns while catching 22 receptions for 109 yards. Also contributed 64 tackles on defense. Look for him to continue to develop and be one of the better two-way players here in Colorado. Then last but not least, you got Caden Madrid. As a freshman, he started and caught 16 balls for 148 yards and a touchdown. While also having 29 tackles and two picks on defense. Look for him to have an even bigger year going into uh, his sophomore year. So there you go. Let's go ahead and predict the record for this Del Norte team. Uh, to start the season to play Olaf, I think that should be a dub. That should be a good dub for them to gain some confidence against. Uh, so there you go. Then they play Rocky Ford, another team they should uh, go ahead and take care of business against. So there you go. 
Then they pull Cedar Ridge. This Cedar Ridge offense should be dangerous and could prove to be a little bit too much for this team to handle. Uh, that is if this offense can keep up with them as well. So there you go. Then they play Salida. I think that's going to be another loss. Um, first off, they're a two-way team. And the Salida defense should be very solid for a two-way team. So that may prove just a little bit too much for this offensive court to overcome. Um, that is also, I mean, compared to last year, uh, they're uh, slightly prone to turnovers. So we'll see there. Uh, speaking of turnovers, though, they play Montevista, who has a dominant front seven, and so, honestly, I just think that team could shut down this run game here, and that might be a wrap, so that's going to be a loss for them. Then, same deal, they play Centauri, I think Centauri, their experience, are going to control the pace of this game, uh, especially with that dominant offensive line, and so that's going to be another loss. But then they bounce back here. I have them beating center. I only lost to them barely 13-6. to If this young core takes a step forward and gets better, which they should, this is definitely a game they could win if they play a clean game. If they play a clean game. Then you get Trinidad and Ignacio. I think those are both teams that they could beat here, especially with this young core. This young core should be developing as the season goes on and so i think they'll only get better and they'll continue to gel and so i'm gonna predict those last two games as dubs my predicted record for del norte is five and four with a window of wins anywhere between four and six look this team has the potential but this young offensive core needs to clean up their game and play mistake free turnover free football to realize their potential they're still a relatively young squad but they are facing up you know a easier schedule where they should gain confidence against teams like rocky ford olaf center and trinidad who honestly all struggled to win a single game last year or even win two games last year so there you go there Alrighty, now let's move on to our last but not least team here we got your defending state champions centauri high school the centauri falcons the fast break falcons from last year won 12 and 0 one of the only teams in the entire state to go undefeated and win state i okay on my eden episode i remember saying that eden was the only team to do that but actually it was just eden and centauri who do that at least on the 11 man football ranks and so that was extremely impressive and tough for them to do let's talk about the regular season obviously they didn't lose the game so these are all dubs Beat Ray, 28-14, Colorado Springs Christian, 47-0, Pagosa Springs, 45-13, Strasburg, 48-3, Center, 60-6, jeez, Northfield, 41-12, um, it looks like they got a forfeit against Ignacio, as in they forfeited to them, then they beat Monta Vista, 55-8, in the playoffs, they're unrelenting, beat Payton, 45-6, Yuma, 40-7, uh, Buena Vista 40-6 didn't really even have a close game until they played Lyman here a very good state championship game here where they eked it out a very good effort by this team where they beat them and stopped the Lyman dynasty uh, for now 24-21 and won their first state championship in school history it was a very very special squad here Let's talk about some of the seniors they are losing because that made up a pretty good chunk of the core of the team uh, that won them state. Starting with Mason Clanch, he was our 1A MVP and he was also our second best senior running back from last year over the likes of uh, Gavin Sawchuk and whatnot. 
Last year, he was the heart and soul of this team, engine for this defense and offense. He rushed for 968 yards and 16 touchdowns. At linebacker, he had 112 tackles, 23 tackles for losses, and 2 picks. He will definitely be missed. That's not a player that you could just easily replace. So there you go. Top of that, you're losing Baron Holman. Last year in the preseason, I talked about how important he would be to this squad, and he was. At receiver, he was the lead guy with 640 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns. Then on defense at cornerback, he was one of the best in all of 1A, if not the best. He had 100 tackles and 3 picks doing his team there. That's another huge hit. Uh, that's another great two-way player they are losing. Then, they're losing Byron Shawcroft. He really turned it up in the postseason at quarterback, having a championship-worthy performance throughout that postseason. On the year at quarterback, though, threw for 1,511 yards, 23 touchdowns to 3 picks, while also rushing for 190 yards and 5 rushing touchdowns. As an edge rusher, he had 46 tackles and 3.5 sacks, contributing to the defensive side of the ball as well. That's going to be a tough loss there, especially considering how well he did in the playoffs. On top of that, you're losing Danny Brady. He was one of the only linemen, or he will be one of the only linemen they're missing going into this 22 season. But he was a big contributor uh, to this line. And then at linebacker as well, snagging 75 tackles and 18.5 tackles for loss. Speaking of linebacker, they're losing one of their best in Zach Burr. He was a three-year varsity starter. He also contributed at running back, going for 319 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. But on defense, at linebacker, he was one of the best in all of 1A, going for 136 tackles, 16 tackles for losses, and 3 interceptions. He was the leader on defense, one of their leaders on defense, so that will be tough, and he will be missed. Altogether, the damage done to Centauri, they are losing 7 of their top 11 tacklers, along with the rushing leader, their passing leader, and their receiving leader. But... They are returning a lot of players that were a part of this championship team and were contributors to this championship team, including Devin Brady. Got playing time as a sophomore, and, you know, like I said, he did his part. He ran for 493 yards and 6 touchdowns on only 42 carries, so that's almost 10 yards a pop there, so just keep that in mind. Also caught 23 receptions for 397 yards and a whopping 7 touchdowns. And then on defense did his thing as well with 66 tackles, 3 interceptions. He may not be exactly like Mason Quanch, but he has shown that he could produce with the limited touches he got. And so imagine what he could do as the lead star for this team. And I think he will be a breakout star going into his junior year. So absolutely have to look out for Devin Brady here. Then you got Chaz Holman. Uh, look, he played on this championship team as a sophomore. And as a sophomore, he really impressed me at receiver and DB. Uh, first off, those Holman boys are good athletes. And so look for him to step up as another potentially great two-way player for this team. He really, really impressed me in that championship game. It felt like he came up with some pretty good uh, plays there. And so that's why I'm mentioning him here. Then you have Blade, Absmeyer, and Troy Huffaker. Excuse me if I'm saying those names wrong. But these linemen will be leaders of a very experienced offensive line that is pretty much returning everyone except for one starter. Plus, the 6'5", Absmeyer, will be an imposing force at defensive tackle after having a 70 tackle, 13 and a half tackle for loss 
junior season. So there you go there. Let's go ahead and predict this record. I think they're going to play Pagosa Springs here to start the season. And honestly, this was a team they blew out last year, mostly throughout the air. And so this year, they're not really going to have an established quarterback. I'm sure they have someone in the wings, but he won't be established here. And so they should lean on their tough line and a budding star in Devin Brady to go ahead and get the opening win here. I think that'll be a pretty easy dub for the most part. Maybe not exactly the blowout it was last year, but they should still win. After that, they play Florence. Florence, they're moving up to 2A here, but they played 1A last year. Uh, look, this is a team that will be boasting a very experienced roster that is extremely deep at multiple positions here, led by their quarterback, Levi Paxton. I have concerns about this Centauri defense and their lack of experience against an offensive core in Florence that honestly have multiple ways of beating you. So, there you go. Centauri's best bet is keeping the ball out of Paxton's hands, controlling the pace of this game, controlling the line of scrimmage, at least on offense, and just making them pay for playing sloppy, which there's definitely the potential for them to do here. It'll be an uphill battle to win that game, though, and so I'm going to go ahead and predict this one as a loss, but don't get it twisted. They could definitely win this one, so we'll see. Then they play Buena Vista. Buena Vista will be looking to avenge a very embarrassing playoff loss from last year. Plus, they'll be returning a number of playmakers pretty much everywhere uh, at every position. And so, more players than the ones I listed will need to step up for Centauri if they want to stay competitive in this game and potentially win it. But for now, I'm going to favor Buena Vista in this one. After that, they play Bayfield. This should be a dub. I think it will be a hard-fought game, but they should be able to beat a team that is losing their backfield duo um, that was really explosive last year for them. And so without those guys, I think Centauri's defense, uh, well, I think Centauri's offense should be able to control the pace of the game and be able to outscore this offense. But I think it will be key for the Centauri defense to take advantage of a very inexperienced backfield here and win this game, which I think they can. After that, they play Center, Del Norte, Trinidad, Ignacio. I think those are all dubs. Look, there are no excuses for losing to any of these teams that simply just don't have the size, experience, or star power as the Centauri team. So there you go. All of those are dubs. Then to end the season here, they play Monta Vista, which will be one of their biggest challenges on the season. This game will be extremely hard for Centauri to win, considering this is a squad that on paper have the tools to limit or even shut down the Centauri rushing attack. But I'm going to trust the Centauri team to figure it out on defense by now and, you know, gel enough on offense to have more than uh, one option there outside of Devin Brady and then have them have the confidence to win this game here at the end of the season. I think the Centauri team is going to continue to grow throughout the end of the season so they won't be the same team that plays Bogosa Springs compared to the team that plays Monta Vista here. So just keep that in mind. But my predicted record... For Centauri High School, your defending 1A state champs is 7-2 with a window of wins anywhere between 6 and 8. Look, the Centauri team was stacked last year. Going into this year, they still have a good enough core to not only go to the playoffs, but potentially make some noise there. Devin Brady will be a star on this 1A level, and so he will be able to get it done behind an experience line that absolutely pounded teams last year. Throwing guys like Chaz Holman and whoever they settle on at quarterback. And this team could be sneaky dangerous. Just keep an eye out. 
you know, but they're definitely going to grow throughout the season, so they will be a better team at the end of the season than they will be at the beginning, so there you go. Alright, well, that'll be all for this episode. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Make sure you check out our other season previews. Um, we're getting to the point where we would have talked about pretty much every 11-man football team in the state. So if you have questions about whether or not we cover your team, we probably did. Uh, we've definitely hit the majority by now. And so thank you so much for the support on those. We really look forward to covering this football season. And uh, we will be attending a couple of these games here. And so if you want to know what games we'll be attending or when to look out for more content uh, dropping, go ahead and give us a follow on social media at Playmakers Corner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. We'll be posting content there. Speaking of content, it will be on YouTube and Twitch. Go ahead and subscribe. Follow us there. Uh, we'll be posting some content there. Once the season starts, we'll be doing more live streams uh, specific specifically for our weekly recaps just because it will be easier. Plus, we could show some film there, which will be really fun to do. So there you go there. Uh, but like I said, thank you so much for rocking with us. Look out for more season previews. I believe we only have three more left after this episode. So there you go there. And yeah. We'll catch y'all later. Thank you for rocking with us.